Hi, I'm Maria Thea Harris-Lovello-Sos on social media. Welcome back to Sober 50 Podcast on Soul Organised Style. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. Go. I want to be like you when I grow up. Oh. And then I say, oh well, I'm still waiting to grow up. I loved dressing up as a little girl. Had my own dressing up books, which actually had, it was the start of my 50s journey, I suppose, because my sister's 18 years older than me and I used to have her cast-offs. Does that sound like how you started your love of sewing vintage clothes? That's Joanna Chamberlain talking about her childhood dressing up in clothes from her sister's cast-offs. In last week's episode, Joanna talked about her life as an extra. In today's episode, Joanne shares her advice about sewing your own vintage looks, no matter what your shape, and there is no barrier to sewing and wearing the vintage clothes that you love so much. Vintage underscore Joe underscore sew underscore and underscore sew is where you can find Joanna on Instagram every day. Thanks for coming back to listen to another Sober 50 podcast on Soul Organized Style. So over 50 intersects with all communities. We're a community that is so over ageism and together we positively lead being visible in the sewing world. Many thanks to our Patreon supporters as their monthly contributions keep this podcast going for free. I hope you'll join them in supporting this podcast. You know, you've been really busy up until this week because you've had Minerva 25th birthday party and the dressmakers ball. Yep. They were within a week of each other. And a few weeks before that, I had Goodwood Revival, which is 21 not in the UK. It's a big vintage event we have here. Personally, it's one of the best, I think. There are a few quite good ones that I haven't been to, so I can't judge on those. But Goodwood Revival, it's based at a racetrack near Chichester. So there's something for everyone. They race vintage cars the actual racetrack was actually an action from late 40s to the 60s. So that tends to be the era they have people dress up. It's not that you wouldn't get let in. I mean, some people don't dress up at all, which is fine. They just go to see the stuff. But most people do. Because if you're into yeah. vintage cars, there's the racing and they have big displays. And if you're into fashion, there's the fashion. They have the best dressed beautiful things going around the last couple of years they've had a new thing called revive and thrive which is a stage and people talking about how they incorporate reviving and thriving clothes there's some great people give talks on there and there's dancing you know there's loads of marquees around you really need to go for more than one day because you won't get around it there's an airfield they have actors going around, do, you know, dressed up and doing things. Uh, there's a great couple of char ladies that go around. They're so funny. So I went for the three days and I made three outfits for that. It's been a bit mad. You would have made three outfits for the Goodwood Revival. You made yeah. a dress and an amazing coat for the Minerva 25-year event. As yeah. well as another amazing dress for the Dressmakers Ball. You did have a shrug. Yes, I made a little cloak for the dressmaker's ball, very last minute and last bit, because late September here, and you never know with the evenings whether it's going to be chilly or not. It's a very simple coat. And then, as I say, for the Minerva one, I'd made a dress in stretch velvet, yeah. similar to the dress I made for the dressmaker's ball, completely different fabrics. The dressmaker's ball was dupey on silk, and 
the other one was stretched velvet, different properties completely. So they give a different look. I had to line the velvet with calico and quite robust interfacing so it didn't stretch in the bodice because it was originally strapless, but I decided to add some straps, especially as Mr. Patrick Grant from Sewing Bee Judge was there. <laughs> but And then I thought about, oh, it's going to be even later. And originally I was going to make a cloak and then I just happened to come across this coat in my news feed for a 1920s Poirot coat. Yeah. And I thought that's the one because the dress with the petals that I had had a very Art Deco feel about it, 1920s. Yeah. So I made that coat and it was amazing. It's quite simple. It's just two pieces and it comes over. When I cut it out, I thought, how on earth does this work? You know, I looked at it and thought, I've no idea. This is like a challenge on sewing bee because you don't know where the arms are. And it all came together. And it's beautiful because it just folds where all the uh, velvet drapes and it's just beautiful. And I'm going to make another one. I mean, I have worn that just over trousers. I wore it to the Chanel exhibition at V&A the other day over trousers and a polo neck. I think it's one of those useful things. If people want to see you, because, you know, this might be the first time they've heard you on a podcast and not gone to your Instagram account. It will be. What's the name of your Instagram account so people can have a look? at the videos and the photos. Okay, it's vintage underscore Joe underscore so underscore so. So vintage Joe so and so, but underscore in between each word. I'm also on TikTok, but I have no idea what I'm doing on that. But I'm told it's the way to go by the youngsters. And on TikTok, I'm the same. You make your clothes now. Have you always sewn your own clothes? Not always. I learned to sew when I was 13 at school. It's those days in the 70s when girls did domestic science sewing and maybe art if they were lucky. And the boys did woodwork and metalwork. And I wish sometimes now that I'd also learned woodwork because it'd be very handy for making cabinets for my sewing room. You know, stuff I made in those days, I didn't wear much because it always looked so homemade. We've got YouTube and access to the internet. You can find anything now. So if you get stuck on anything. I used to have a book. I still got it. Mum and Dad bought it for me in Christmas 1972. Better Homes Sewing Book. That's how I know when she bought it because it's got it written in the cover. And that was the extent of where we could look things up. We either looked in a book we had or go to the library. But now you can look things up and YouTube tutorials, you know, for patterns and stuff. I seem to get much better finish, whether it's because I've ventured onto more challenging patterns I don't know I gave up for 30 years sewing when I had the kids I have to take my hats off to all those mums out there who still managed to sew with little ones I don't know how they did it and I lost interest completely when I did come back to it I started sewing and now I hardly ever buy anything I think most of my wardrobe is me made now yeah and with your me maids in your wardrobe are a lot of those made from contemporary patterns or do you also source vintage patterns a lot are from reissued or indie patterns where they concentrate on vintage style something I wore for Goodwood last year which was 
a Madame Grey, I think it was 1957 pattern, and it was only five pounds. And I thought, gosh, because, you know, vintage patterns go for a fortune now. It was my size, you know, none of the vintage patterns are my size. So I had to have it. And it was the old sort of fashion patterns from the 50s that weren't printed markings on it. They were perforated. Yes. It was hard to tell what was perforations and what was just wear and tear because it was in a sorry state. And I did have to redraft a lot of it. But yeah, I made that and it was lovely and well, it was authentic. But the main problem I have is I'm very curvy. And even when I was slimmer, the vintage patterns, they just don't, they had different figures. You know, they, they come out of the war. They were just slimmer all around. You know, sometimes you see their waists or some of these, you know, vintage clothes and they're like, <laughs> I wouldn't feel my leg. Tiny, tiny. I have made several things from original vintage patterns and there are a few people that resize them I mean I made a Paik Moo recently by Submersive Femme and that was a Polynesian dress that I did two I did one usually they're in sort of Hawaiian style fabrics I did an English version in roses and then I did another one that was a bit more tropical it was a really nice pattern I really liked that if you uh, do a bit of research you'll find a lot of indie pattern people are doing that out there it's making it a lot easier for you to find the patterns that you would like to sew and whip yes and I've got a bit more confident these days I use a lot of charm patterns as well you know I always followed a pattern religiously but now I sort of oh I don't like that skirt so much on me I might like it on someone else but it doesn't suit me so I mean, the um, dresses I made for the dressmaker ball and the Minerva one, I sort of made more petals, which was quite challenging, to be honest. Yeah, and I think you have to go for it sometimes. Trouble is, when you go to um, something where you've got a load of dressmakers going, it doesn't happen normally. You go to a wedding, there's very, very rare that you're going to find someone in the same dress as you, cause, yeah. especially for me, because down south where I live, not many people sew, but you go to something like the dressmaker's ball or Minerva party. Of course, we're all doing the same thing. You know, everyone puts their own little take on it. It's lovely. It's very nice to see that pattern on a different body and use the different fabrics. Yeah. 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 Different completely. It's nice when you go to these events because we all have a different take. You know, I always go for vintage, but that doesn't mean that's right because not everyone's into vintage. And I love it. I love seeing everybody's take on what they, how they interpret the event and what they wear and their own personal style. It, it's great to see, you know, great to see everybody's take on it. It's, it's lovely. Yeah, it is lovely. When did you discover the Sober 50 community on Instagram? I've tried to think about this because I've been part of it for quite a while. I think what happened was when I find an outfit, you know, a pattern, I said, oh, I'll I'll put the hashtag in and see who's made this and what it looks like made up because the pattern covers, you know, they never look like they do on a real person, do they? And I think somewhere, somewhere, something came up and I sort of looked on it because this lady similar to me and the hashtag was so over 50. And because I thought, hang on, that sounds like it might be my bag. So I clicked on it and then found from that the so over 50 community and the instagram page and yeah been part of that following it ever since they featured me in a few things and yeah it's great great to see so many of us because we we love sewing as you said when you go to events you see people 
wearing the pattern that you might be in, but in, with a different yeah. interpretation. Yeah, when you absolutely. go to Sober 50, you see that as well, but more often. Yeah, yeah you don't yeah, need Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love seeing sewing on young people, but it's not what I'm going to look like in it. And what I like about the Sew Over 50 is anything goes. It's not like in my mum's day when you got to a certain age and you dressed in a certain way. I never think, oh, is, well, sometimes I do think, oh, is this too young for me? And then I think, oh, blow it, you know, let's go for it. And, do you know, I get so many compliments from young people. They say, you know, if I post it on one of the sewing pages on Facebook or something, they, they go, I want to be like you when I grow up. Oh. And then I say, oh, well, I'm still waiting to grow up. I love dressing up as a little girl. I had yeah. my own dressing up books, which actually had, it was the start of my 50s journey, I suppose because my sister's 18 years older than me and I used to have her cast-offs and I had some of the most beautiful clothes in my dressing up box that were her dancing dresses and you know if only I had them now to think I used to walk around the garden I'm still that little girl I'm still that little girl that loves dressing up and making beautiful dresses just so I can dress up in them so I don't think I'm ever going to grow up I don't want to really no and you don't have to either no no it sounds like you're a really good role model to a lot of people well I don't know but I hope so I hope so yeah I get a lot of compliments you know in the groups and stuff it makes me sad you know somebody goes oh I'd love to wear that but I'm too old I'm too fat or I'm you no go for it I saw something yesterday I think it was don't save your coveted fabric for an outfit when you when when I get slim I'm going to wear this make it now and wear it because you'll feel amazing and I thought that is brilliant advice because how many of us have this coveted fabric in our stash and think oh no you know that'd look lovely if I was slim or the occasion so yes I mean I, I can't talk I've got some silk dupe on sitting in my stash that I was going to make an outfit for Goodwood Revival about three years ago and I still haven't made it but next year I said I'm definitely going to use that because with the original um, pattern I had in mind which I, I want to base on a Lillian 1950s suit there I've said it now I've got to do it <laughs> <laughs> it's documented now it'll be out there yes <laughs> what's coming up for you when it comes to vintage events that you're going to be making something amazing again Bridgetown Ball is my next this is going to be totally different for me it's based on Bridgetons they're brilliant I met a Richie Walsh who was a competitor on sewing beat I think it was 22 last year he was at Minerva party and he told me about this he dresses rigid seals all the time he wanted to try on my cocoon coat because he loved it and he looked fabulous in it he told me, and I thought, oh, this is this is this is a challenge. I have made period outfits before. I used to do steampunk, so they're sort of bit Victorian. Yeah. So I felt, yeah, let's do this. So I haven't decided on an outfit yet, like um, Jane Austen style or Georgian Queen Charlotte in Bridgerton. So I've got to decide on one of those styles and go for it. It ran last year. It's totally inclusive I've got a few people who are over 50 coming so if anybody wanted to come they don't feel you're going to be the only over 50s because there's quite a few over 50s their motto is pride not prejudiced and I think it's going to be a fun evening like 
all the others I've been on, you know, is there's raffles and dancing and a few other surprises he tells me. They have an Instagram page, Bridgetown Ball, which yeah. I think is all one word on there. You know, some of these vintage events, people can get very, very pickety. Oh, that's not, you know, not correct. Just go with the feel. It doesn't matter if you don't get it historically correct. If you want to go full hog and do it historically correct, fine. And even upcycled outfits, they're fine with, you know, that which if you want to add an extra challenge. But yeah, the main thing is that you're going to have fun. You're going to meet people. What I found about these sewing events is you walk into a room of complete strangers. A dressmaker's ball last year, I didn't know one person. I walked in. And by the end of the evening, I had a whole load of new friends. These events, you go along and you can talk about sewing all night if you want to. And people's eyes just light up. I'm used to them glazing over thinking, will she ever shut up? (laughs) It's like, and they keep asking you questions about your sewing. And it's wonderful because you've all got that shared interest. So, yes, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a really, really nice event. And Richie is lovely. He's a really lovely guy. He's one of the organisers. The other, I think, is Cheshire Corsetry, where I think you get the tickets on Luna Hun. It's being held in the Midlands here near Telford. That would be great fun. And when will that be held next year? Saturday, May the 18th. So you've got a bit of time to get your outfit together. There's lots of stuff out there if you search. There's a Jane Austen Festival in Bath and they do pattern, Regency patterns. Yeah, if you search up Regency Patterns, Georgian Patterns, it'll come up in your newsfeed. There's a lot of independent companies. People are quite into it because the um, Jane Austen um, Festival in Bath is a really big event. From the sounds of the details that you know and the look on your face when you talk about it, I can see that you're already thinking about what you're going to be making My brain is a bit bamboozled with ideas at the moment. The Regency look is completely different. I've done Georgian with my extra work, as I think I told you, with the old panniers out the side. It's great when you need to go to the loo because you have to go inside. (laughs) (laughs) I've done bones. My outfits for Minerva and Dressmaker's Ball and Goodwood were all bones. Yeah. But I haven't actually made a corset yet. Any last words for listeners who are thinking of making their own vintage style garments so where to get patterns what fabric to look for those sorts of things there are quite a few people on ebay and etsy that have reissued patterns you find Mm -hmm. them on there and if you go on etsy there's quite a lot of pdf patterns people have designed reissued obviously the big four have sections for vintage and some of the lot of them are reissued so they they are original designs I use quite a lot of charm patterns she bases um, Gertie bases her designs on original designs there's how to do fashion her stuff is based on vintage I mean some of these are just vintage style they're not true vintage Mm. And fabric-wise, you can get, if you search, original fabric, but it's very expensive. Look up companies that do dead stock. There's a lot of vintage designs. Study what some of the vintage modern designs are quite vintage You know, 
I've seen a lot of people using old curtains, old bedspreads, yeah. you know, yeah. stuff you can get from charity shops. They're all great ways of using it. And, of course, environmental friendly, you know, we're using up things that would go into landfill, which is the way we should be going more and more. Yeah. Do a bit of research on what sort of fabrics they use. You know, they used in the 40s a lot of rayon. There's different qualities, obviously, of rayon, but viscose is like a modern alternative to a lot of them. I made some uh, 1940s dress for an event that's at a local castle here, Heaver, in viscose chalet. And it was actually a modern design from Minerva. And I won best dressed, which was amazing. Fantastic. As long as you sort of got a bit of imagination, you can get there. And and the accessories, it doesn't have to be true vintage accessories, a lot of things out there that uh, vintage style, you know, know the look you want to go for and it'll be out there on charity shops, thrift shop, great yeah. places to find this stuff. Okay. Joe, you've told us a lot about the vintage looks that you make, the events that you go to and all the effort that you put into the outfits that you wear. So I want to thank you for coming onto the podcast to tell us about what you do outside of sewing and how we can also benefit from your advice on how we can start our own journey creating a look that we would like people to see that makes us comfortable in the body that we have now thank you for having me it's been great chatting with you maria you're lovely i hope people get a little bit of inspiration maybe get out of their comfort zone and do something they thought about doing but not done and go for it and thank you for being such a role model because it's always wonderful to see your photos crop up in the posts and in the stories every so often. So thank you, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. It's very kind. Many thanks to Joanna Chamberlain for sharing her life as an extra in last week's podcast and in this week's episode about her vintage sewing advice. Feel free to share Joe's podcast with your sewing friends as well. This episode of Sew Over 50 podcast on Sew Organised Style was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Joanna. Sound by bensound.com. If you want to provide a guest post for Sew Over 50 on Instagram, make sure you direct message Sandy and the editorial team. You can subscribe to Sew Organised Style podcast, but with an S not a Z on all good podcast apps. Make sure you go back and listen to our free so over 50 podcast archive and if you can consider supporting the production of this podcast on patreon we look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time stay safe everyone <laughs>